0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is the Matthew Meyer edition. Folks, came out on Instagram. Matthew Meyer announced he's going to be a fighting Illini. That is huge. The six foot nine, 215 pound guard forward out of Baylor chooses the Illini. Kedrick, a lot of people were taken by surprise on this one. What
1: have you heard about the decision making process? Well, you know, it's a big gift for Illinois, and you know, I, you're right, you know, all indications was this was a North Carolina uh, commit to have and, you know, Illinois has done a tremendous job of proving to people that they're just as good as North Carolina, North, uh, Duke and Michigan and everybody else because in Kansas, they're going to recruit with the big boys this was a big get somebody that Illinois wanted they they made it really clear to anybody who will listen they knew they needed another guy with some size but this guy with some size is a lot different you know um this kid can really and truly play one through five he can play all five positions and it's a nice feature to have i i was sitting here thinking when he committed to Illinois tonight I don't know of a player and maybe you guys can help me who plays like him in the big 10. I went through every roster, even the last couple of years for a guy that's six, nine, that can, you know, shimmy shake and cross people over and shoot it off shoot floaters off the glass shoot threes. And I mean, he is a nice pickup for them and he fits what they're trying to do. And also he's an older guy that's been through the wars You know, Terrence Shannon's been through the war, so this won't be a young team like people once thought it was either because he's had some some time on the court and played in big games. Matt, what are your thoughts uh, going off of what Ken talked about there?
2: Well, I I mean, I I didn't necessarily think that it was a slam dunk for North Carolina because God knows they've got pretty much everybody coming back off that national runner-up team. And so I wasn't really sure if I'm Matthew Mayer. How much playing time I'm going to get and how much I'm going to be featured on a team that's bringing almost everybody back on that team. Um, I was shocked by it because we're recording this on May 27th and tomorrow, May 28th, is the first day that Matthew Mayer could have taken official visits if he wanted to. Um, So to lock it down before you do that and before he gets to, say, North Carolina's campus and however many other campuses he wanted to go to, Arkansas, I saw, and maybe even Alabama, um, that's big for Illinois only because... You know, I don't know. You just don't know personality-wise how you're going to come out of a official visit weekend looking with, with with a kid like that who's, you know, out of Austin, Texas and may not like Champaign-Urbana when he gets there. I have no earthly idea. Um, this seemed like a basketball decision at the end of the day. I, I do foresee, obviously, he'll be one of the starters at, at, at the four um, if and a front court player, I would think. Um, and so it just makes a lot of sense for a guy that just ended up participating in the NBA draft, draft combine to, to come in and be a, a, a starter at a power five conference program that just won um, a power five conference league title is just makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm going to make uh, Connor Kegley mad. He gave me a list of things to bring up. He's tied up uh, tonight, but his thought process was that uh, North Carolina had quite a few people that he would be, you know, dealing with in terms of, uh, you know, being maybe the fourth option, very similar to Baylor. Uh, If he was going to go to North Carolina, it seemed like the NIL would have been the difference between what you could get at North Carolina versus a Baylor. Uh, And Connor felt that if you had opportunity for playing time, that Illinois might offer uh, a better mix of minutes for him than either Baylor or North Carolina, um, and that goes back to what you're talking about, Matt, with the basketball decision. Maybe that was the right thing. Of course, I'm, I'm boiling down what I, w- the, the, what I was told, so I'm sure I got some of that wrong. Um, I, I will tell you the interesting thing about, about um, Meyer is he gives Illinois yet another player who can bring the ball up. Um, you know, you've got Terrence Shannon, you've got Meyer, um, we know, obviously, you know, the guards are Clark Epps, Sincere Harris. They're freshmen, but they can handle the ball. Um, but this gives you two older guys, along with R.J. Melendez. Coleman Hawkins, you know, is, is a, a good uh, ball handler. This gives Illinois, you know, quite a few players who can bring the ball up and take advantage of matchups. And certainly on a night, if the freshmen are having a tough night, Uh, It gives kind of a pressure release valve for the Illini coaches. Ked, any thoughts on on how uh, Matthew Meyer uh, really helps Illinois from a versatility standpoint?
1: It's a great question. What was told to me um, a few minutes after he committed, they want to be universal. And so to answer your question – they want five guys on that court where the defense has to make a decision on who to guard and how you guard all of them because they're long, they're tall, they can shoot them, they're athletic. I mean, most teams, if you really think about it, and you know, all the teams in the country, most teams have two or three maybe great players. Illinois is going to have a chance to put out five really good players. And, you know, I you know, this is going to be on one of our articles that we put up on, on LineupGuys.com you know, a source close to the program said to me tonight, this roster has five NBA players on it. You know, so you talk about interchangeable parts, parts that can do multiple different things and at different times. And, you know, you're right, Ty Rogers can play some point. He's 6'6". He's yes. athletic, you know, as they get. And the one guy that was mentioned to me tonight that, you know, I don't want to say people forgot about, but they haven't, is Artie Melendez. That kid is having a great, off-season workout, and he's turning heads as well, so it's, you know, they're going to take their lumps, but then again, I was told tonight, they don't, that's not the plan. They're going to go out and try to win every game they can. They want to advance. They really want to advance in the tournament. They know what people are saying. The coaches know and understand the players know. They didn't advance. They've had two unlucky rounds. That is their goal. The Big Ten tournament title, that stuff matters, but at the end of the day, they that's their, that's their mission. Yeah. And, and Matt, we've heard
0: positionless basketball talked about an awful lot um, over the last few years. Do you think we've we're coming? A, I mean, that, that seems like a, a, that seems like almost like an aspirational goal. But do, do, are we a lot closer to that as a destination than we've ever been before?
2: Closer. I, I, I tend to audibly roll my eyes at stuff like that, because it's kind of like when football coaches talk about how we want to play with pace. Yeah. And we're and we're going to run up-tempo stuff. And I, I I laugh all the time when I hear that stuff because I really like, well, <laughs> you know, Tony Bennett won a national championship and there wasn't really a whole lot of like, you know, we're going to play really fast and we're going to, I mean, they have a brand and they play to it and they, yep. they were really good players too. So um, I get it, but, uh, you know, he 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 brings versatility in the sense that I don't know the last time Illinois had a four – they could rely on that could shoot it as well as he can um i have concerns about practically almost everything else but um at an elite that he that there is a perception that he does this as an at an elite level and baylor has elite athletes that were playing over him um, he does one elite thing really really well as a six nine guy and that shoot the basketball Um, And I I don't know the last stretch four that Illinois had that that really could boast that. Um, And, you know, if he turns into a 6'9 version of what Thomas Walkup was for Brad Underwood and Stephen F. Austin, then that's exactly what they want him to be. Um, But, you know, there are are things that I think – how do I put this? I think the fit is going to be interesting because every – because this, the, the way that Baylor plays a lot, especially on the defensive end, is a complete different 180 than what Illinois asked their guys to do defensively. So um, he's going to be asked to do a lot of different things on that end of the floor that he's never been asked to do in his career. Um, not that I don't think he can do it, but but the fit is going to be interesting, especially early on with this basketball team and how they play together.
0: Yeah, the, 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 this, is, this team it, it is very interesting. So, Ked, We still don't know about Pete Nance. You know, we'll we'll know pretty quickly here as the NBA draft deadline rapidly approaches. But let's just pretend for for discussion purposes that that he's not going to be here. That'd be good news we can celebrate on another day. Let's also say that Courtney Ramey, who we still hear, there is some discussions, you know, at the guard position Let's say he's not here. Let's say we're looking at this this roster being fairly set. Maybe bringing in a project, you know, guy or two. Um, but let let's just go with who you starting on this
1: lineup now, Kid. Me, Sky Clark at the one, uh, tan Shannon at the two, Dane um, Danger at the three. Um, uh, Matthew at the four and Colman at the five. So you're, so
0: you're going to, Now I, I want, cause Ked, I'm going to go after you here. I know. Cause I,
1: I love you RJ are the out, original
0: man. RJ man. And okay, you're not going to start it.
1: Okay. Let me ask you this. And this okay. is why. What what okay. At, at his position, he is not going to take, beat out Terrence Shannon. I don't think. And could he possibly? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to beat out. Um, You know, and you just heard Matt say, um, Matthew's going to be on the court. The only way RJ starts is if Coleman doesn't. I'll I'll say that. If Coleman doesn't start, there's a chance you'll see RJ in that lineup. Okay. Because, you know, it's interesting.
0: You know, we've heard, and and generally when I hear stuff, it's through you or Brad, um, that RJ's had some really good practices. So
1: he's yeah, he's but built, you know what those he's built you his brand bring, though, right? You don't bring guys you bring a yeah. trans friend like a Terrence Shannon, yep. you know, or, or Matthew Mayer, they're not gonna sit. I, I mean, I, it stinks. And you bring a five star guardian like Sky Clark, yep, they can't they're not gonna sit. So there's only five spots, and that's why I said if Coleman's not that guy, and honestly, I had a I have a hard time not starting RJ, because you're right. I'm a big fan of his, and everybody knows I've been that guy. <laughs> and, and maybe, you know, maybe one of those guys don't start, and maybe Dane Danger doesn't start, you know, right away. That's a possibility. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's a nice problem to have. How about that? Yeah, exactly. That? Um, Matt, who, you, who do you have starting on this, this team? I'd
2: like to have Dane Danger play a college basketball game first before I put him in the starting lineup, um, which he has not done. Um, that's my only beef with that whole lineup. I'd probably start RJ just because at the three, just because, you know, I need somebody that might be able to... RJ has got to get better at guarding people, quite frankly. I mean, I, and and the reason he got pulled was not because of the offensive end of the floor a lot of the time. The reason was because of the defensive end of the floor. And as a freshman, there were times he didn't know what he was doing either. Um, and, um, but... I would think as a full offseason, if RJ's gotten progressively better at, you know, playing defense, then, yeah, I would play. I would play him and I, I would let Dane come off the bench. There's no reason to, you know, his first college basketball game, he has to start and be a guy that you, you feature. Um, uh, that's going to be a slow process, I think, for a lot of people um, and, and including him. Uh, my thing with Math, with Matthew Mayer is uh, I, I the fit again. I mean, you've seen one of the things that I think he's going to struggle with is the idea that at Baylor, Mike he, and, and you got you and Ked both coached. He was asked to cheat a lot in the passing lane because they they play a defensive system that basically has a whole bunch of guys rotating toward you know toward the basket and toward the lane. Yep. So he's able to cheat in the passing lane, similar to the way that Brad Underwood coached his guys to play the, those first couple of years. And that's why Matthew Mayer gets a whole bunch of steals and, and has a whole lot of highlight stuff on defense. But when he doesn't get there on the cheat, he looks real bad. And so I think the first thing that they're going to want him to do, basically, is, is just go back to the fundamentals of ball, you man. And see how well he does with that, especially at the four. Um, and then I, I, I think the ability for him and Coleman to play together again, especially on the defensive end of the floor, is going to be interesting, because um, there's still a lot of bigs in the Big Ten that you're going to have to deal with, and um, you know that's going to be a team effort. It's not just going to be a man on man anymore with Kofi Coburn not here anymore. So, um, no, I, I, I would just I, I would do Mike what you want to do, which is play RJ at the three. Play, play Mayer at the four and play Coleman at the five, however ramification you want to do with, do with that. Um, and, and that would be it. And then you talked about the rotation and, and uh, this lineup quickly. Um, you've got 10 guys now. I mean, again, in his career, Brad Underwood's never really been great about playing more than 10 guys. So at that point, I think you've got, you've got 10 rotational pieces here that I really think could help you when you add Matthew Mayer to the, f- the four freshmen that are coming in. And then you add him to, you know, Terrence Shannon and Dane Danger. That's that's 10 guys that I think that you can manipulate the minutes with pretty well.
0: Yeah. And and I want to see, you know, that we don't have to now rely on Kofi being on the, the floor. Right. 34 minutes a game or whatever it was, you know, and and trying to, you know, hustle and get up and down the court. Now, all of a sudden, I, I would I think this team could be doing an awful lot of, of uh, you know, shoot under seven seconds, uh, a lot of, but, you know, inbound fast breaks, you know, when, when somebody does score, you know, inbound to a guard who gets it down to somebody, you know, down on the, the hash at the other end of the court and, and attack, attack, attack. Um, and I think. I'll tell you case, what, Mike, we'll they're going to press. Up. Oh, I they're agree going, totally. Yes.
1: Yeah. They're going to press. One of the things you guys remember, Brad Underwood said that he missed about Isle. Isle was responsible for about eight fast break points. And when he left. They lost that. They're going to get out. And I don't remember what game it was, Matt. I know you and I were there in Brad at the same time. It was the lineup. I think Kofi got in foul trouble. And that's when Brad Underwood, I think they lost at home to some some team. Maybe it was Ohio State. And they started pressing. But Underwood got kicked out and Jeff Alexander yeah. went to the press. Was that a, was that against Ohio State? Yeah, Brad Underwood got kicked out and then and then yeah. Alexander just decided,
2: screw it, let's go to the press.
1: Yes, and it was effective and it was something. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time and I know. That's going to be a big part of their scheme next year. So that part of it, and trying to get up and score in that seven seconds. And sorry to cut you off, Mike. I, I don't know if my fault, but that's what they're planning to do. So you're right; it's going to be a, lo- a little different. They're going to, uh, they're really going to push the
0: tempo. Oh, and and with with and they've got ten guys to do it. The other thing that was interesting to me, and for those of you who coach out here, um, when I used to coach AAU basketball, occasionally I'd have my father-in-law. Helped me out and he won four state titles at Springfield. And and when I had a couple of the guards from that normal community team that ended up second in state, if he was there, he would he would go, We're not letting anybody bring the ball up half court, not against guards that are this good defensively. And and even he would do he would do full court pressure from the guard position. And and his whole objective was to get four layup attempts. You know, two in each half, and he goes. You know, you're gonna make, you're gonna make three out of four. He goes, and I'll take six points added on to my score in any game that you want to give them to me. And I see an awful lot of of contested play when you're looking at these because I don't think anybody has any idea when you when you take a look at some of the athletic abilities across the board. This team may be the the most athletically um, talented Illini team since 1989. And and you're going to have guys in Terrence Shannon and Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris, you know, uh, Coleman Hawkins, you know, pound for pound is a heck of an athlete. You know, they're going to be out there in passing lanes and you make a mistake, you pick up a dribble, you lob a pass. This This is the type of team that used to give Illinois trouble because they make you pay and now you got to throw over the top of them and they've got guys who will go get that ball. Like it, you know, like it was, it's that Turkey on Thanksgiving day that John Madden goes after. So I I think we're, I think we're looking at something fundamentally that's going to be very interesting to watch and watching Baylor. I will say one thing. um, Meyer is the type of guy that you want out there in passing lanes. On a press, and I'm not certain. You know, Cad. Am I understanding this the way you,
1: the way you're looking at it? Oh, you're exactly right. And I think what you're going to see, you're going to see a multiple different press. You'll see man, you'll see a one two two. You'll see a one three one three quarter. You'll see a one three one, one trap. Can you imagine if you put Coleman Hawkins at the top of that press with R.J. Melendez and Ty Rogers or? Uh, or Matthew or, or Matthew, I mean, long. That's hard to see over. Oh, I yeah, think no. Iowa, you know what one of Iowa's best friends, best teams this year was because he did that. They were all long. I mean, his son, his kids long, and you know, and and the Murray boys, they made it tough to see over the top of that. And I, that's gonna be really unique. They're going to do a lot of things differently. I think if they could, you know, and everybody has mixed feelings on the guards. And I'm not I'm not one to think. This is just me. they have to have a veteran guard if you're gonna go get one, I would go get somebody who's really successful to be a major program. I don't think you you know if they can able to land you know um you me, I think that's icing on the cake, but I think the guards are good enough for them to learn these kids this is two thousand twenty two This isn't the eighties anymore where freshmen have to come in and struggle, yeah, they you know they may take their lumps I o did it, but Sky Clark's not I o they're different players, so we don't know what that's gonna look like. I just say roll with it and see what you got because I think they're good enough. I think they're, I mean, if they don't fizzle out and they stay healthy, they're going to turn some heads. And I think they're they're good enough to win games. And there's so many ball handlers on the team to where you don't have to rely on one guy either.
0: Yeah. And, and I, you know, it, it is a, it's an interesting thing when you look at, when you look at these teams, um, I, I don't know that I'd want to commit 25 minutes to Ramey um, with, those three young developing guards, but it's a very easy thing. You know, if, if somebody gets hurt, you know, five, 10, 12 games, uh, then all of a sudden you really wish you had a Ramey. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where depending on how the dice roll, you know, you could, you can blame the coach for no matter no matter what personnel decision he makes. Matt, what are your thoughts?
2: My thoughts are that Brad Underwood's still the head coach of this team, and I'm very, very interested in how freshman guards are going to impact his ability to stay patient. Um, he doesn't usually have them. He doesn't usually have that in him. He does. He may not have much of a choice if he doesn't go get a veteran guard. Um, if if Sky Clark and or you know Jaden Epps are in the game and they do something that's completely something we didn't practice for the last four days, and you know how Brad Underwood gets with that. And then he looks down at the bench and realizes there's not a veteran he can go back, he can pull him for. That's going to be an interesting dynamic for Brad Underwood. Um, I think this whole thing is an interesting dynamic for Brad Underwood. I think he has talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked until he's blue in the face about staying old, getting old, having old players. Um, Matthew Mayer helps that, by the way. Like an older guy that can get everybody settled down, knows how college basketball is how you win, how you do winning things, blah, 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 um, freshman guards. I don't care who you are. Like they don't fit that, you know, and they don't fit Brad Underwood's impatient personality, quite frankly. Um, you know, and I, I, I I am, I'm, I'm very, very interested in the dynamic of what's going to happen, not in January, February, and March, because I think that can all figure it out by then. But in these early games in November and December, you know, how is Brad Underwood's patience going to get tested, and how's how's he going to do with that? Because, again, I talked about you have ten guys. Well, he loves to play a ten man rotation, but none of those guys, when you try to run stuff, um, have much experience. And by run stuff, I mean have a guard that can get you in and out of things that you need to get in and out of, um, because. mean the stats just show it you you cannot play 94 feet and expect you're going to get layups all day long that's just you know the game is won and lost in the half court and so um you know you got to have guys that can get you in and out of stuff and Brad Underwood's never been a guy that's been very patient with freshmen when they make when they make mental errors and they make errors that just aren't preached over and over again in practice so I'm intrigued as to how that's going to work
0: yeah yeah well and and uh Ked, you know, I think that's that's obviously going to be something. Although he 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 did live through, and, and I got to be honest with you, you know, both Trent and and Io did get a relatively long leash their freshman years, um, and and obviously the ro- the roster isn't what it is now. Um, do you
1: guys do you guys remember when he had? I know you guys do when he was having a freshman. I think they were playing Maryland at home, and someone else they got beat, and they couldn't even get the ball out. I think Demonte maybe was a freshman there. Yeah, yeah, that was he,
0: that was the Demonte inbound, inbound. Yes, they were just so crazy. Yeah,
1: that's the kind of stuff I can see that could bite them in the butt. That stuff right there, I can see that possibly because if you get a medal and like you're playing, you know, when they go on the road, when they go to Las Vegas, I mean, you're playing three top ten teams in the country. So I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Well, and and one of the things that I, that I keep thinking too, though, is. You know,
0: the, the, difference, um, the difference to me is with the, the, the type of ball handlers that he has now, you know, like for instance, uh, you know, I would love to have a guy with the ball handling ability and passing ability of, of Meyer at 6'9", being my trigger man on the inbound. Because, you know, you, you, you can't really get, you know, somebody to force a bad pass with height on him. Um, you, you know, so there's some of those things that you just you can kind of lean into with the with the roster that you have. Um, and again, I think we go back to you could do an you could have an awful lot of fun targeting the guy on the you know the mismatch you know at the three four five position and letting uh, you know depending on if you have you know if you have Coleman Meyer and um, Terrence Shannon or or, uh ty rogers in there you could literally look at the matchups of those three guys and figure out whoever's got the worst matchup that guy's bringing the ball up if your freshmen were were let's say being locked up by opposing guards it's um underwood's going to have a heck of a lot of uh options that he's just never had before i don't know matt i think that'll be overwhelming but it, i mean it's, it it's certainly gonna it's gonna give him some opportunities to develop as well
2: yeah, I think, uh, Mike, again, <laughs> I'm going to stay to my brand, but I think my biggest concern is playing Matthew Mayer and Coleman Hawkins together. And it's not because I don't think they fit. It's that um, based on what Matthew Mayer has been asked to do at Baylor defensively through for four years, if that continues, okay, and it's hard to teach somebody out of something in a matter of months. I mean, Yes, you're right. Right. So and it's not like he's a bad defender. It's just his instincts make him get beat a lot, you know, whether it's in a passing lane or off the dribble. Coleman Hawkins is going to have to become an infinitely better, you know, rim protector than he's ever been asked to be at that point. Um, not saying he can't do it um, because with the athletic ability and his height and his ability to to do it, I think he can, but um, he's going to have to infinite, you know, he's going to have to get to probably two rungs higher on that level of of rim protecting than he's ever been. Um, But there's no doubt. I've talked to Brad Underwood before about um, what you're talking about, Mike, is, you know, getting a defensive rebound and then just go. That's kind of what they teach their guys to do, to be honest. You saw it a lot. You know, they got away from it because I think, and I'll be honest, I think they got away from this a lot because they wanted Bello to take the ball up the floor and get everybody into what they wanted to, to get into. That's what the plan was last year. But before Bello was your starting point guard or considered your starting point guard, you saw Deontay Williams grab a rebound and go. And at least everybody knew what they were doing by the time Devontae Williams got to the three-point arc, you know, and we had to run something, you know, and, and you've, you've seen Coleman Hawkins grab a rebound and just kind of get everybody down the floor, you know, and I, I tend to think that that's not that big a deal, but like I've seen Ty Rogers do it and I don't have any doubt that he can do it too. So that is a teachable skill at Illinois that they, that they basically teach their wings to do. You know, RJ Melendez is going to be asked to do that. Hey, get us up the floor and make sure we don't get a timeline foul and get us into what we need to get into. I don't think that's going to be an issue for Brad Underwood. The issue for Brad Underwood is, is that if Sky Clark throws two balls into the stands, is he going to want to pull him? If, you know, if Jaden Epps takes two contested threes, is Brad going to want to pull him? That's, that's, that's what I mean by patience and just having that ability to have that credibility, not have that credibility baked in, like he did with Demonte and Trent and Jacob Granderson, um, How's that dynamic going to work this year? I'm, I'm fascinated by that.
0: So as we as we kind of get close to wrapping up here, give us your final thoughts, Matt, and then we'll we'll loop around and get Ked's final thoughts.
2: My final thought is, is that I, I think Matthew Mayer made a great basketball decision because obviously he was one of the 90 guys that was invited to the combine. The professional people think that he has a skill set that can translate to professional basketball, without a doubt he made a decision that allows him to get more, you know, looks and, and, and and a more diverse, versatile skill set at Illinois than I think he would have at North Carolina. I think he would have been a guy that got gets forgotten about if he'd have gone to Chapel Hill, even though I think they're going to be awesome and they might be preseason number one when we start this thing in the winter. Um, But I, I think at Illinois, Matthew Mayer may get to may get to highlight himself a lot more with this decision. And I think it makes sense. I think, the key for me, again, and I'll, I'll say it again, is is can he play at both ends of the floor with Coleman Hawkins? Because if he can, Illinois has the lineup that they want to have, especially with Matthew Mayer as the stretch, basically the best stretch for the Underwoods ever had, short of, you know, again, um, you know, Thomas walk up that he had at, at Stephen F. Austin. But um, if they can't play together, then I think they've got big problems because they don't have enough depth in the front court to have that not work.
0: Yep. So that puts us in a good position. So Ked, why don't you uh take us home here?
1: Well, I think it was a good decision for him, you know, from a basketball standpoint, a PR standpoint, the Big Ten is an attractive conference. Um, he's gonna get some looks from the NBA. Um, you know, with what Io did and Kofi, you know, you know, doing what he's doing, you know, the NBA scouts are no longer avoiding the Illinois uh practice facility. So I mean, I know that's his dream, and, you know, and this is good for him, but from an Illinois basketball standpoint, he I can't say it enough. I mean, he brings a dimension to this team, and, I, I, you know, people who listen to this podcast, if they follow me on Twitter or, okay, I, what I think he he does is he'll bring a different dimension. Just as, like I said, the skill set, being able to play, you know, multiple positions, one through five, and, you know, Illinois had not had a player like that. Ever, I don't think, you know, that could do that. I know, um, you know, being in the Big 10 will be attractive for him. And, you know, uh, Illinois has had NBA scouts, you know, around the program for the last couple of years. And I know that's his dream is to play in the NBA. So, you know, that's a good positive for him. Um, and I think what how it's going to help the University of Illinois is that he's just going to be a tough matchup. You know, Illinois is going to be a tough matchup for a lot of people. You know, um, you look at Dane Danger, which all the coaches will tell you, every coach on that staff will tell you they're just amazed at how he looks so far in practice. Matt's right, he's not played a game, but these coaches aren't blind and, and they've been around enough to know. You know, he's looked, uh, Dane's looked really, really well with, with Fletch and his body's changed and, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what Coleman's going to do, and he's another long guy, that has great NBA upside, uh, And then you bring in the five-star guard and Sky Clark and, and Terrence Shannon, who's just, you know, a Nick Anderson or Kenny Battle waiting to happen. So I think adding him, a piece like him, um, scouring the social media, this woke up a lot of uh, national guys. Illinois is now, you know, moving up the ladder and a lot of other Big Ten schools are trying to figure out how Illinois is doing this.
0: Thanks, Cad and Matt, for giving us your uh, input on Matthew Meyer selecting the Fighting Illini transferring from Baylor. Be really exciting to see him come on board. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our two hour weekly radio show that is on 30 stations and counting. We got another station coming on board pretty quickly here. It's a, you can hear it once a week um, and go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button and you can see what day of the week, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, uh, what station and what town, and then what time we're on. All we ask you to do is please go ahead and call up that radio station and let them know that you're really happy with the Illini guys being on their station. We would love you to do that. Additionally, of course, IlliniGuys.com, the best place for this type of information. If you go to IlliniGuys.com, $99 a year, you will be able to be informed on everything going on in Illini sports. Insiders Brad Sturdy, Kedrick Prince, Matt Stevens, uh, along with people like myself and Larry Smith. We are there trying to cover every single corner of Illinois athletics as best we can. So please go there. We would love to have you be a member. And once you get back into the message boards, you will find out that you will want to stay a member. So we, do, we would love to see you do that. Of course, we also have some other podcasts besides Eye on the Illini. You can listen to Sturdy for 30. That's Brad's award-winning flagship uh, podcast here at IlliniGuys.com. Ked's Recruiting Roundup, where Ked is just literally on fire with coaches, players, recruits, all sorts of people that he gets interviews with. They're fascinating to listen to. And, of course, we do a podcast when the last show has ended. On Sunday afternoon, you can look for our Alana Guys Sports Spectacular. Our radio show is released on podcast. And finally, if you are looking to help contribute, to the name image likeness funds that are you know, used by the, uh, uh, or that will actually go towards players. You'll wanna go to IlliniGuardians.com. There's five levels that you can donate to and you can have your input and your help can be a big part of what uh, helps an Illini athlete be able to give back to the community, um, or uh, a variety of things that can help um, with Illini athletics. So please take a look at that as well. So with that, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley. Uh, big thanks out to Kedrick Prince, our director of recruiting, and Matt Stevens, our staff reporter. We will talk to you soon. Maybe we'll have some words about Pete Nance or Courtney Ramey. It's all got to play out. So we just want to Lipo it, let it play out, and we will talk to you soon. Go, Alina.